Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast. You are listening to Rooted by Eric Platt, where Eric is going through his life experiences, wounds of his own heart, and the ways that the Spirit of God has healed those things from an understanding of the Grace message. If you would like to learn more about Grace Church or find other messages, please visit us at graceorlando.com. All right, welcome to Rooted, the Six Wounds of the Heart. Um, we will be finishing up our series on disappointment and frustration. Before we do that, though, I want to just go ahead and clarify some things. We've had a little bit of confusion, the difference between the heart and the mind. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lay it out for you in the Hebrew and the Greek, and I'll let you make a decision what that means to you. Uh, first of all, for the, in the Hebrew, for the word mind is the word nefesh, which is commonly used as breath or mind. Okay, and then the word ruach is uh, commonly used as spirit or mind. And then the Hebrew word labib is used as mind. What's very interesting, the word for the heart is the, the root word for mind, which is leb. So before the mind comes, comes the heart. And then the heart is that centrality of who we are as a being. And just like an air traffic controller that brings in flights and, that, and uh, takes out flights, so our heart with everything that happens in our life through experience is filtered through the heart and then it goes to the mind, the will, and the emotions. And of course, last but not least, we're going to talk about the Greek. Um, for the Greek word for heart is cardia. And that is found in uh, Luke 4, where Jesus talks about the parable of the sower, and that the seed is the word and that the ground is the heart. Then Paul uses the word mind, naus, in Romans 12, 2, in Ephesians 4, 22, 23, and 24, about renewing the minds. As you can see, their heart and mind in the Hebrew and the Greek are totally different words, so that we can see that there is a differentiation between them. And so take that, you you meditate upon that and let God show you the difference between the heart and the mind and how it all works. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about is disappointment. We've all experienced disappointments at one time or another. Um, and what does disappointment do to us? Imagine your heart being made of glass and it being totally shattered with a hammer towards broke up into little pieces. That's what happens to our heart when we've hoped for something and then we become disappointed. Uh, the word disappointed in the Hebrew is parar, which basically means double crushed. So as you can see, the result that comes forth from that ends up being something that in, it, it inhibits us from experiencing things the way that we need to. Um, one of the common things that happens after we've had a disappointment is that we get bitter and out of bitterness comes rebellion now we always think rebellion is bad things that we do and you know things of that nature but that's not what it's talking about here for the word frustration which is what comes after disappointment in the greek is atheto and it's found in galatians 2:21, and it says i do not frustrate the grace of god paul says for if righteousness comes by the law then christ has died in vain so basically what this rebellion is is it's what we do when things don't work out and we get disappointment is that we end up trying to take the reins and we end up going into our flesh and putting forth our 
self-effort to bring everything back together the way that we expected that it should be. And it doesn't work out like that. The way that we get everything that we get from God is because we are righteous. Second Timothy 4, 8 tells us that we have been crowned with righteousness and Hebrews 10, uh, sorry, not Hebrews, but uh, Proverbs 10, 6 says that we have the the blessings of the Lord is upon us because we're righteous. And so when you start to understand the difference between resting and receiving what has been done, okay, and a lot of people commonly ask, well, how do I receive? You receive by exposing yourself to the gospel. The more you expose yourself to the gospel, you'll be put at rest because you know the work has been finished, okay? But if we're not putting ourselves under the gospel, okay, what ends up happening is we end up going into our flesh which is our self-effort and we try to put our own lives together and we we all know through experience that just doesn't work and it ends up bad but then thank God the goodness of God will always lead us to repentance and bring us back to where we need to be so what are some scriptures that we can rely on that we can look at to see what God's going to do in his life and what he's promised? Well, the first one's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of good and not of disaster, of a hope and a future. So number one, the plan that he has, it's what he knows and that it's good. And that word good in the Hebrew that be, would be used in Jeremiah 29, 11 is the Hebrew word tov, which literally means it's perfect state. In other words, it's God's perfect plan for you. Think about this. God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows everything about you. He knows every way that you think, all the hopes and the dreams that you have. He knows and understands all those things. And he says he's put together a perfect plan for your life that is going to be better than whatever you could dream or imagine. You know, a lot of times we think we know what's best for us, but we really don't. And when we think we know what's best for us, what ends up happening is we set ourselves up for disappointment. But he knows what's best for us. Think about even in relationships. Some of you have been through relationships and you're still hurting from them. You got close to a person, you had intimacy with the person, and you know, you were in a relationship with them and it didn't work out and you left your hearts broken and you're disappointed. God already knew that that person wasn't any good for you, but sometimes even though against what God is trying to tell us, we still do things because we want them so bad, and in the end we find out. But even then, we know God has made a promise that he is going to work that out together for the good. And I love the word hope and future at the end. It's just one Hebrew word, and it's tikva. And it literally means with each of the Hebrew letters, the tav, the kaf, the vav, and the hey, the tav is a picture of a cross. The kaf is a picture of what follows, so it means behind. The, va the vav is a picture of a nail that secures two things together, and hey is a picture of grace. So literally the word Tikva for hope means that the cross and what follows it uh, by us being secured to grace is what we have hope in, that God is going to continuously show us grace even when we don't deserve it. Why? Because Jesus got everything that we deserved so that we could get everything that he deserves, and it's so amazing.
amazing. And I just want to stop here for a second before we go into the next verse and just reassure you, even if you are the reason for everything that's going wrong in your life today, God will take care of that and he will work it out together for your good because Jesus paid the price so that you could have it. So just be encouraged today as you listen to this message and let peace and rest come to your heart that you know that even if you've messed everything up, he still promises to work it all out together for your good. And not only for your good, but for the other people around you that you will have something to share with them because of what you've been through. And what are you going to be sharing? The goodness of God. And I think in the world that we live in today, that is the that is what people are longing to hear even though they don't know it. And we have that that word that we can share with them because of what we've been through and how good God is and that even though we've messed it all up, he still worked it out together for the good. And that's what people that are lost out there need to know, even though that they've lost lost so many things, even though that they've messed up their life by making all these bad decisions, God will still turn it around for them and work it all out together for their good. So the next scripture is this. So Jeremiah 29 11 is, he's, going, he's got a plan for our life, okay? Joel 2.25 says that he will restore unto us the years the locusts have eaten. Hold on a second. This is amazing if you think about this. He's not just going to restore what you've lost, but the time that you've lost. He is He is the one that can compress time and he can put time to your advantage just like he did with his first miracle and he turned the water into wine. It would have taken multiple years to produce wine like that, but in one moment he compressed time and he gave them the best of what would have taken so long and he can do the exact same thing in your life. And so what's really awesome about this is that so if you think man I've just wasted years of my life uh, a quick testimony um, I got into drugs when I was 15 years old and uh, from 15 to 30 I basically wasted my life and I missed out on my my best teen years I didn't get to graduate high school I dropped out got my GED I didn't get to experience you know prom I didn't get to experience um, graduation you know grad night at Walt Disney World like everybody you know would talk about I, I missed out on so many many things. But what was really interesting, uh, in 2007, I became a youth pastor and I vicariously lived through those youth and I actually became like one of those youth and it was like I would hang out with the youth and I get to do what they were doing and it was like for seven years, God let me relive something that I had lost and so God will always take that time and he will compress it and give it back to you and give you more than you could even dream or imagine, which he did for me and I know he's no respecter of persons, he will do the same thing for you. So Joel 2.25 what's awesome is the word restore okay this is the word shalam all right and it's a shin a lamid and a mim and it literally means to make restitution so everything that has been messed up by whether the enemy's done it okay because this verse does talk about the locust that is the enemy but whether other people have done it or whether you've done it he will restore. That means he makes restitution and he already did it through the finished work of Jesus Christ that he made restitution and paid your debt exceedingly above and beyond what you owed or whatever was owed back to you by something somebody else did and he restores it and he gives back to you much more. So whenever you go through something, you always come out with more than what you had before you went in. So that means even the losses, there's a place where it says that 
the enemy has to pay back sevenfold so you can expect more out of it so you have something to look forward to and that way you know you have a hope and a future and I love that in Jeremiah 29 11 he says that to have an expectant end. And let me tell you, my friends, that your story isn't over yet. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. God has made a promise. He is faithful. It is impossible for God to lie. And he is going to bring forth something out of your life, man, in just 30, 60, 100 fold. In the 30 fold, guess what? It's going to it's gonna make you head spin. 60-fold, it's going to make your head spin. 100-fold, it is going to change your life because you'll have experienced such an abundance of the goodness of God that you will never be the same again. And so uh, the last verse I want to go into is Ephesians uh, 3, 17 through 20. And it says that he will do exceedingly above and beyond all we can ask or thank. Now think about that for a second. He will do exceedingly above and beyond all that we can ask or think. It's not just, you know, something a little better or, or even much better or even greater on top of that. It's above and beyond. In other words, your mind can't comprehend what God is doing. Remember, he says, it's my plans. We don't know the plans. God knows the plans. We walk by faith and not by sight, and he leads us every step of the way, but it's his plans. And so when he says that exceedingly above and beyond, you can't even dream or imagine what God is going to do. It'll be that good. Um, and one of the things um, that we look at is the what's the context of this scripture. If you go the two verses ahead, it's the context is that your heart be rooted in love. My friend, let me tell you right now, God loves you. I mean, he loves you with a love that you can't dream or imagine. A love that is so beyond your comprehension that it can capture your heart and change you from the inside out to where you will never be the same. So just hold on to that as you're going through whatever you're going through, knowing that God's love will never fail you ever. Um, I was a drug addict for 15 years, and I'm sure that if you've listened to me for some time, you've heard me say that. It's a long time to have your life stolen from, killed, and destroyed because that's what the enemy does. He steals, kills, and destroys. He was behind it all. You know what I mean? And um, so I always, I, I went to different programs. I, went, I remember when I went to the Turning Point and I did a six-month live-in program, left early, went right back to the drugs. I went to, uh, I went to NA, Narcotics Anonymous, and, you know, I, I would go to the meetings, but I would just go get high afterwards. Um, I went through programs when I was locked up in L.A. County Jail. I went through a six-month program, and, you know, it's like I, my heart was in the right place. I wanted to, I wanted to you know, get free, um, but I never could, and I, and I got out, and within three days— I I was back on crystal meth again. And so I, you know, I, all these things that, that I tried to do that I thought if, if this would happen, you know, then I, I, you know, I could get off drugs. That was all I expected. I thought that was the greatest that God could do was that he could get me off of drugs. And if it just that itself compared to what I was living in homeless on the streets for seven years and all the things that I had been through and having to steal every day to support my habit, which people just, unless they been through it they don't understand that and I don't expect everybody to but I will tell you this one thing 
God did exceedingly above and beyond. And I didn't find out. My mom had prayed for me for 15 years. And I didn't find out not till that long ago that my mom told me, she goes, that I didn't just pray that you got saved. I prayed that you would serve in the ministry. And I've been serving in the ministry for 20 years now. And God has done exceedingly above and beyond. He's trusted me and entrusted me with people, which is the greatest thing we can be trusted with is another life. And and to have that, 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 that God the Father trusts me with these other people to shepherd them and, and, and the things that he's used me as, as being a pastor and an and evangelist and many other things God did exceedingly above and beyond all I could ask or think and I could not even have dreamed or imagined the life that I have today that I could ever have if you would have told me 20 years ago I'd be doing what I'm doing I would I would laugh there's just no way it's an impossibility people who know me from when I grow up and I had such a bad reputation it was like they didn't even have any they they look at me now and they're like who is this guy like how could this be I remember him and what kind of person he was how could he be that's what the love of God can do and it can change your heart that you'll never be the same again and he can give you a life that is exceedingly above and beyond all you can ask or think so another part of my testimony is that when we got grace me and when I say we me and my wife in 2007 we were already in a church in Texas and they they were amazing people but they didn't believe in the grace message and for seven years I never had anybody to talk to about grace I had nobody to ask questions I would just watch Joseph Prince every day and I would get my my King James Version super giant print Bible and my Strong's Concordance and I would devil in into the word of God and I love it 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 says in uh John 14 26 that when the comforter comes he will teach you all things well I know that to be truth today because for nine years it was the Holy Spirit that was teaching me everything about grace I had nobody to ask questions to I had nobody that I could go to and confide in and it was like and it was hard it was really hard to be around people that didn't believe like you do matter of fact I would preach a sermon uh, you know for the Sunday morning Bible study and then our senior pastor would come right out and he would have preached the exact same opposite you don't know how hard that was to be in that. And that went on for seven years there. And we finally stepped down and we moved back to the Dream Center in Los Angeles and we became house parents. And for two years, it was the same thing there. Nobody was preaching the grace message. We were the only ones doing it. And everybody else around us would continually come at us. And it's like they just didn't believe us. And so they would they would come at us and attack us in multiple different ways. The attacks and things that I've gone through, the worst ones have been from believers, not from non-believers, believe it or not. And uh, and I love those people. And I understand that they, they don't get it. And it's not that I'm trying to say that I'm right and they're wrong. I I just know what Jesus has done and that I'm not the same anymore. And that's the testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. A changed life through Jesus Christ, nobody can come against that. Amen. And so uh, what ended up happening after those nine years, um, we uh, moved uh, to Oxnard and um, the uh, 
chaplain that we used to do prison ministry with in Texas, he uh, told us about his archbishop, the one who ordained him, um, that he lived in uh, Oxnard, and so we lived right by him, and he took me on uh, as a mentor, and the first time we met, he met me, we were doing a, we were doing an outreach in downtown LA, I'll never forget, and he pulls up in his BMW Shark, and he's like, Hey, you ever seen this guy before? And it was it was a podcast for Joseph Prince. And then I, I put on my podcast and I showed him and it was a match. And I was like, oh, we're going to get along real good. And so for the next actually five years, I had somebody that I could confide in. I had somebody um, that I could go to and I could ask questions. I had somebody mentoring me um, in, in such a special way. And I never thought God would give me that, but he did. He did exceedingly above and beyond. We just said, let us make it through this, but God had exceedingly above and beyond. And if that wasn't to top, then all of a sudden, one day uh, we were deciding to move to Daytona Beach and we were checking out a church in Apaca. And so we we went and we didn't really feel the message and it just we didn't feel like it was for us, although they had a great outreach ministry. But then again, we would be in the same thing that we were in again. We didn't have the same core belief system. And that's really important. Uh, to, you know, if you're going to be working with people in ministry to be in agreement with them with your core beliefs. And, uh, and I don't think anybody could disagree with that. And so anyways, um, what ended up happening was, is we were driving and getting on the freeway uh, on the four and we were heading down to Daytona to look at some apartments. And uh, all of a sudden there was this billboard and it says, God's not angry. And my wife's like, grab your phone and take a snapshot of that. And so I did and I took a snapshot of it. And um, later on we went and followed up and we called and I started talking to some of the people, um, the receptionist and the people that were up front and they were just sharing with me about the church. I started listening to sermons of pastors Javens on church and I was like I listened to the first one I was like okay this is just a little too good to be true what what is he going to say next surely just like our other experiences you know we've gone to church and it said grace and then all of a sudden we find out it's not grace and so basically it's been a year almost a year and a half now about a year and four months and um you know we've been listening to Pastor Javen and it's like we're saying the same exact thing. We're, we never thought we could find a church like this where the leadership, we would be such on board with them and their belief systems and just how they see things and how to do ministry and just all that. And God did exceedingly above and beyond. I can't believe that there's actually a church that I could go to like this. And there is any, and he, it's like, even though my prayer wasn't for the exceedingly above and beyond, hey, listen, maybe your prayer isn't for, you're just praying, God, get me through this but he's got something so much better on the other side that it's almost gonna it's gonna seem that it, it was worth it going through what you went through to get what you're gonna have and so just be just be mindful of that God's gonna do exceedingly above and beyond all he can ask your thing and so anyways um to wrap this up because we do go through hard times. Listen, just because I'm a grace preacher doesn't mean that there's not things that we go through, okay? And no, they don't come from God. We live in a fallen world. We have an adversary. People are lost. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on, okay? No, God isn't in 100% control of this world, but when he comes back, he will be. Um, but anyways, Jesus, when he was baptized in the Jordan. Jordan means yard. It's the Hebrew word yarden. Yar means down and, and dan means judgment. He went down and took our judgment. 
and he was baptized and he came up and it's a picture that's what baptism is it's a picture of us with our new life and god the father said this is my beloved son and who i'm well pleased and then after that he went immediately he was led by the spirit into the wilderness and he went through the testing in the wilderness and he came out and when he came out before he went through he didn't have what he had he didn't have the spirit he didn't have the testimony he didn't have any of those things going in he came out and man he had a voice and man, was that voice powerful, not just with his teaching, not just with his healing, not just with his deliverances, all these different things. He had a voice. I love it. Jesus never had to retract one word. He never had to retract one word. And he always spoke perfectly. And even to the point that those opposed him, they had nothing to say after he was done speaking. And I want to tell you, my friend, if you've been going through something and you don't see an end to it, I'm going to let you know that you might have gone in as an echo and you knew nothing about what you were going through. And all you did is echo back what you've been taught or what you've been heard. But when you come through it, guess what? You're going to come out with a voice and an anointing on what you've been through that is specific for a specific thing at a specific time for you to be able to help people from what you've already been through. And man, I tell you, there's one thing in life that is so rewarding is that helping another person go through what they've been through and you can actually help them because you've been through it too. So as we close this out, I just want to share a couple of words with the people that are going to be listening Number one, the Lord says, I give you peace, not as the world gives you, but I give you my peace. Let your heart not be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Also, there's been people out there that you've been sowing the seeds into your heart. You've been sitting under and exposing yourself to the gospel. Well, he promises to bring 30, 60, and 100 fold. And it might seem like it's taken longer than it should. But remember, we have a covenant promise that God cannot break, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And as we wrap this up, I just want to leave um, this encouragement for this 2020. We've all been going through a lot. And I understand people have been suffering and Many of you have been suffering in one way or another. God has already gone ahead and he has prepared the way and he comes back and he takes you by the hand and he walks you through it. You are not alone. He is with you and he can never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week and we're going to be talking about the forgiveness that you never knew that you had.